Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Playing Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of the Indigenous Art Programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people within our Indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Avis Charlie. Avis Charlie is a Spirit Lake Dakota and Diné visual artist born and raised in Los Angeles, California. She earned her BFA from the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Charlie is a ledger artist and a figurative painter chronicling the evolving Native American identity from pre-reservation period to present day, from ancestral homelands to the contemporary urban context. Ledger art was Charlie's first art form, as she values bringing a woman's perspective into a male-dominated art form. In time, Charlie transitioned to oil paintings, centering indigenous women within modern settings, reflecting the vibrancy of her own people's culture. She creates work for future generations as she captures recent stories and experiences. Charlie's work is in the permanent collections of the Idle George Museum of American Indian and Western Art, Minneapolis Institute of Art, and the Museum of Contemporary Native American Art. So, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Avis Charlie. Avis Charlie, thank you so much for joining us at Five Plane Questions. It's really great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Uh, would you be able to introduce yourself? Tell us a little about yourself, your background, and what it is that you do. Uh, sure. I'm uh, My name is Avis Charlie, and I'm Spirit Lake Dakota and Diné. And I'm a, a mother, a painter, a ledger artist. And um, I'm a current student in the MFA program at the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe, New Mexico at the moment. And uh, we just had a seven-hour critique the other day. So if I start, you know, going off the deep end or rambling, just remind me back. Bring me, just remind me that, okay. But anyways, um, so, uh, yeah, so I've been a ledger artist for about uh, 14 years. And I've been a painter for about the last eight years now. And, um, yeah, so... Right on. So the, I had first really specifically seen your work up close at Santa Fe this year. Uh, before we jump into the rest of it, uh, would you be able to talk a little bit about what the art market was like for you in that whole process? Uh, yes, uh, Santa Fe did market. It's um, it's like the kind of like the Olympics of art markets. You know, um, I've been doing it for about. Let's see, my daughter's 15, so probably about 13 years now or so around there. And um, every year it just ex- keeps expanding and expanding and gets bigger and bigger. And um, yeah, so this year it was, you know, it's nonstop. It's nonstop. You get a, um, you really got to um, prepare for it, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because, you know, it's just a constant exchange of energy, you know, different people coming and going and conversating. And so even though it's two days, um, it actually feels like longer than that because you're just going nonstop. And um, yeah, it's exciting. You know, it's very exciting. I look forward to it every year. Well, your your work is beautiful. Your, your booth was really great to to be in that space there. So congratulations on a great showing. Yeah, thank you. And I'm so sorry I missed you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are. It all worked out, right? Yeah, yeah, and it did. And uh, this year it was warm, or last year, I remember it was rainy and cold on the first day. So the weather was nice this year. And um, yeah, I was prepared. I knew it was going to be really busy at my booth because 
uh, First American Art Magazine had used my painting for the cover, and they they did like a, a um, an article. It was like five pages of both my ledger art and my paintings, and so like I was prepared um, because of that article. I knew a lot of people were going to come in, and sure enough, so yeah. And it's a beautiful painting. And if the listeners listening uh, pick up pick up that uh, the episode. Pick up the article. Uh, it's it's a great read. It's a great magazine in itself. You know, it yeah. is. It is, and it, um, it's the summer twenty twenty three um, issue. And uh, the editor is America Meredith. She's a Cherokee woman, and yeah, and so many people I admire and look up to. Like a lot of scholars write for that magazine, and so yeah, so I was like really honored to have my work on the cover. Absolutely, and she's a friend of the podcast. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. Sweet. <laughs> So let's let's talk about your influences. Uh, you know, early on, we're influenced by um, uh, like family and community, and as we move into our careers, we are influenced by other things. Uh, would you be able to talk about that? Yeah, I think um, as artists, we're born to be artists, and I, I believe it's a calling. You know, and um, I've tried to step away from it at a younger age, and um, it keeps coming back to me. And so when I was uh, 13 years old, you know, I was, um, you know, I was born and raised in LA, specifically Long Beach. And my mom's Dakota, my dad's Navajo, and they both met downtown LA in the early 70s. And my mom tells me she was on a, on a, on a city bus called the RTD, and she saw my dad walking down the street. And she thought he was just like so handsome. Then she ran into him again, and he was here with all his brothers. She was here with all her sisters. And uh, yeah, so he didn't speak English. And so she felt bad for him. And so she was trying to help him, you know, navigate around the city. And so that's how I came to be, you know, so I was born at the USC hospital, the county hospital in LA, but I grew up um, in Long Beach my whole life. And, um, and so we were, you know, growing up, um, you know, she, she was a single mom and, you know, I joined a tagging crew at 13 years old, you know, we're like little graffiti artists. You know, back then it was only a fine. Now it's a felony to spray paint on walls. And so that was like my first art community. And um, I remember spray painting on a wall for the first time and just feeling that exchange of energy or it was almost like a force come out of me. And, and you know, we were all, you know, like I said, we're all like from, we're all little 13, 14, 15 year olds from single parent homes. You know, we were just like, you know, we're just like unheard. And so just putting our name out there, it's like we were finally being seen. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. And um, so ever since then, I threw myself into, you know, just learning the different materials we use, like, you know, different spray paint tips, the markers, streaks, Sakuras, pilots, all these different tools we use to like ride on buses and get our name everywhere. And um, so just being part of that, being part of a art community, being part of something that's, um, you know, I guess what was like my first influence. And then um, later on over the years, I didn't know you could be an artist full time. I didn't know you could be a career. I, I didn't know you could have it as a career. And uh, so, you know, years later, I, I met Terrence Gardipi and his wife, and he's Blackfeet from Montana. He lives up in Washington. And um, and I met him, and he uh, they were doing the Autry um, Museum art show in L.A. And so they stayed with us for the weekend. And, you know, I, you know, drove them around and, you know, and, you know, was just hosted them all weekend. And at the end of our stay, he gave me a stack of ledger paper. And he was like, you know, you should try this. He's like, your people, you know, did, you know, were ledger artists as well. And he explained the historical aspects of it and his techniques and, you know, and 
what he does and how he does it and different shows. And so, um, so yeah, so him and his wife took me under their wing and, you know, and helped me out and helped me apply for shows. And, um, so, you know, I started, um, you know, thinking about, you know, this art form as I researched it, I realized, you know, it's very masculine. And I was thinking, you know, at the time, let me bring a women's energy perspective into this male dominated art form. And uh, my mom had passed away tragically 25 years ago. And so at that time I was using, you know, I was using ledger art, like almost like a healing tool to help me um, process and accept her being gone. And uh, so, yeah, so I would say Terrence Gardepee, you know, was uh, one of my first, um, you know, earlier influences. And after that, then my uncle Fred, uh, Charlie on my dad's side, my Navajo side, he went to IIA in the seventies and he was an oil painter as well. And so, and then Terrence went to IIA. So, you know, that was always in the back of my head. And so of course, you know, it's like, I have so much to learn. So I went back to school, you know, um, you know, as a transfer student, you know, as an older student, um, I went back to school and uh, got my BFA in studio arts. And um, there at IIA is when I transitioned into figurative paintings. And then my, you know, the artist who influenced me then was, um, you know, like Fritz Shoulder and various other artists, um, Barclay Hendricks, like figurative artists influenced me. And um, yeah. Hmm. It's great to hear about a Fritz Shoulder. You know, he's, yeah. he's from Wapiton, not too far from here, you know, and um, anytime I see any of Fritz's work, it just, I'm just so filled with pride, you know, it's, it's amazing work. So let's, let's talk about uh, your career, you know, how that's developed uh, both in college and post-college. Oh, my career. Um, yeah. So um, I, it took me a couple of tries at IIA, you know, just, you know, um, you know, being an older student with a, a child. And so I had to leave the first time after a few semesters and I came back and finished in 2018. And um, once I graduated, I, I didn't expect, you know, I didn't expect how fast um, opportunities were going to start coming. You know, I had uh, people reaching out, you know, on Instagram and uh, also like art markets. I would do like Santa Fe Market, The Herd, um, Idol Jorg, the Autry, and, you know, and, um, you know, I love talking to people, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy it. And so I just kept meeting different people and, um, yeah, so then opportunities just kept happening. And then during the pandemic in 2020, um, yeah, I just got really busy. And, um, so, yeah, so that's, you know, uh, so right now I decided, you know, I have all these different ideas and, you know, I want guidance on how to expand on these different ideas. You know, I do figurative work, you know, and it's about, you know, I, I like to think that my paintings are for future generations. I imagine, you know, our great grandchildren studying the work we're making today, the way that I love to um, study the black and white historical photos of our ancestors. And so when I do paintings, you know, it's the process, like I start writing first, um, and then I start thinking about the message in the work. And then I start thinking about who could be, you know, who would, who would fit that, who would be a great model. And then um, I'll reach out to the, you know, whoever it is. I think I, I like to paint people I, I know just so I can catch their essence. And then I think about what they're going to be wearing and their body language. And, you know, and in the beginning, it was about the different avenues uh, we as native women could take to stay connected to our cultures, no matter where we live, whether on the res or the city, um, you know, there's different paths we could take, such as, you know, activism, ceremony, powwow, 
um, academia, language works, um, the art itself. And so each of my favorite paintings, um, you know, fits one of these themes, you know, but, um, you know, over the last, you know, so as artists, we're always evolving. And so now I'm thinking like, I would like to incorporate text into my work somehow. And uh, so, like I said, I have all these different ideas. And so that's when I decided to go back to school for my um, MFA, just so I could, you know, have a mentorship on expanding on these ideas. So that's where I'm at right now. What what would you say to someone who is thinking about going to grad school? You know, they've, they've been through their undergrad. They're not sure whether or not they want to make that move to grad school. Um, what would you want to say to that person? Well, I don't think um, school is actually like necessary to be an artist. Like I said, you know, some were born to be artists. I believe it's a calling. And like I said, I tried walking away from it several times, but you know, it just pulls me right back in and, um, this last time I finally surrendered. I said, okay. And then all these opportunities started falling into my lap. Um, but, you know, like if you, like I said, if you want, if you have these ideas and you want guidance and, um, and if you want to like have like discourse around these ideas or if you want to like learn how to use, you know, art as a tool, you know, if you want to like contribute to activism um, or if you want to, you know, um, I don't know, I would say, you know, I would say just go for it, do it because, you know, you're going to be around like-minded people and then they become your family, you know, especially at IIA, they're such, um, they're so supportive and they prioritize indigenous knowledge and experiences. And so you're around like-minded people and, um, and you get opportunities, you know, after you graduate school, you will have like this network of people who will support you. So I guess, you know, if you just want like a bigger support system, and, you know, and you want different mentors, I would say definitely, you know, go to school for that. I think that's a great point. Um, mm-hmm. Recently spoke with uh, Larissa Fasthorse and even um, Bobby Wilson, who didn't take the, the school route, but acknowledged that the, one of the big strengths about um, school, whether it's undergrad or graduate, are the networks that it creates. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a very strong suit. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about opportunities. Um, how have opportunities been presenting themselves to you? Well, going back to the support of, you know, of uh, the school you go to, like, I wouldn't be where I'm at without the support of the Institute of American Indian Arts. Um, you know, they, you, you, they have such a legacy of artists. And like I said, it's a, it's a strong network. And so, you know, past alumni will reach out, instructors will reach out, um, staff members will reach out. And uh, so, yeah, so like I wouldn't be where I'm at without, you know, their support and all the opportunities, you know, they, they offer. And then, um, yeah, so then also another thing is I didn't know, like, especially during the pandemic, I didn't know my work was going to speak to so many different organizations. Um, I remember uh, like different, like, especially like when, um, you know, when uh, the, what is it, the Native Vote. Um, campaigns from different organizations came out. I had different um, institutions and organizations reach out to me. And then when it came out, came to like the pandemic, those campaigns and um, MMIW campaigns. And so I was, you know, I was asked to create work for these different uh, groups and um, I didn't expect that. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really thankful for that. And that just um, really, I think that helped me grow as an artist and really had me, you know, think about, you know, what matters to me and what I care about, 
Um, so yeah, so every opportunity that happens, it helps me grow as a person. Mm-hmm. And what would you want to say to the 18 to 22 year old that's listening to this conversation? For the 18 to 20 year olds, I would tell them travel, take, take those risks, you know, learn to fail, embrace failure because, you know, um, just understand there's a universal law of balance, you know, so for every, you know, dark side, there's a light side, you know, and, you know, and know that everything you do, you know, you may not succeed at. And so, um, you know, I guess the, uh, what I would like them to know is just, you know, learn to get up, get up each time, get up quicker and quicker each time and just keep going, you know, keep moving forward. I remember for my, um, my uh, senior show at IIA, it was, um, the title was like we keep moving forward. And um, yeah, I would just tell that to, you know, a younger version of myself, I would say that. And, uh, you know, take those risks. Take those risks while you're young. <laughs> <laughs> right on. You know, and I think within failure, you know, there, there's learning points, right? You can learn so much from failure that I think yes. as someone who is always hitting grand slams, maybe there's not so much reflection there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's humbling. And that's so, you know, humility is important. It's very important. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I would just say just, you know, like take those risks. And I, I tell my daughter, she's 15 years old now. And I tell her, you know, you just got to ask, just try, you know, she gets frustrated with school and I'm always encouraging her to be that annoying student, raise your hand, talk to the teacher after school. And she does, and she has, and each time she gets the outcome she was looking for. And so I said, see, you know, and if they say no, they say no. So, but just try, you know, just, you know, just be that annoying student. Right on, right on. Where, uh, where can the listener find your work? Um, right now, uh, Instagram, you know, Avis Charlie on Instagram or Avis Charlie Art on Facebook. And uh, yeah, and then I have my website, uh, com, And um, that's more of a website store, though. I have like prints and a few items up there, but um, yeah. And um, you know, if anyone ever has questions or any students ever, you want to reach out for, you know, any kind of help, you know, pertaining to school, you know, I'm always here, you know, I love helping, you know, younger students, mentoring and helping them find their voice or. That's great. Um, We'll put links in the show notes uh, so -hmm. people can uh, find your accounts and your, your website and everything. So what do you have, right? What's going on right now? What's, what's on the horizon for you? Oh, um, let's see. I have um, a couple of exhibitions coming up. Uh, There's one in in the LA area in San Pedro. It's uh, with Angel Gates Gallery. And it's about that every year they have elders gathering. And so there's an exhibition, uh, one's called Red Gaze. And then um, there's another exhibition coming up in Minnesota. Um, It's a bunch of painters. I forgot the name of that. Um, have that coming up and then of course you know have school um, so this semester I'm focusing on creating a series of uh, propaganda posters like oh. good propaganda reverse propaganda okay. you know uh, I'm like thinking you know like after like digging into the history of propaganda I was like looking at you know how powerful manipulation is and I was thinking it'd be nice to create it like at least three or four posters a semester for like the 13 year old 
younger, young me, the 13 year old me, like what kind of warnings or words of encouragement can I give her? And uh, so, yeah, so right now I'm just playing around with texts and, you know, looking into the history of uh, propaganda. And uh, so, yeah, I'm so looking forward to what's going to come of that. <laughs> in the next few months. <laughs> that's exciting. I look forward to seeing that. That's, <laughs> Me that's too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Avis, uh, I hate to say it, but our interview has come to a close. Uh, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciated this. No problem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. And um, you know, I'm always happy to help. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. This, this was really wonderful. Yeah, it was. Huh? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and that does it for this episode of Five Playing Questions. I want to thank Avis again for her time and sharing her story with us. It's great to be able to speak with an artist who is really at the beginning of their career, although she's been doing it for a few years now. Uh, But for her to take time out to be able to uh, record uh, her story with us in the midst of of being in grad school and just being in the middle of life right now, um, there's so much going on and her schedule is so packed. Uh, It's it's really exciting to, to be able to check in with someone that's at the beginning of all of it. So I really look forward to the career that will be coming. Uh, and yeah, you know, just wishing Avis all the best and thanking her again for, for sharing her time with us. I also want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel is a very important story and perspective from our community. So please join us next week as we speak with another incredible person. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on our Facebook page and our Instagram accounts. And there, look for us for Five Plain Questions podcast or at the plainsart.org website. There you can see our programming, our past videos, and these podcasts. Well, that's it, and we will see you next time. This has been an 11-word.